Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Drifting Pro-Am, and I am your host, Gerald Hernandez. And this week's guest was actually a recommendation. I don't remember who recommended him. Uh, it was a couple people, actually, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Shane Whaley out of Detroit, Michigan, who is in an S550 Mustang with an LS. Uh, completely built the car himself, front to back, angle kits, suspension arms, everything. Everything was done by him. Uh, he does have a YouTube channel. You can find him, uh, Shane Whaley. I don't know if there's anything else like Shane Whaley Racing or anything. I'm not sure. Pretty sure you can search it in YouTube and find him very easily. But uh, thank you guys for listening, and I hope you enjoy the show. Hello. Hey, what's up? Hey, how you doing, man? Oh, not too bad. How about yourself? Oh, living my best life. Oh, you're also in the garage. Uh, yeah, it's where I live my best life, you know. <laughs> yeah, don't we all? I know, I got my shitbox behind me, too. Uh, I don't know where my... We don't, we don't do the, um, the whole live thing or a video of any kind, but, uh, we do... Oh, okay. Yeah, it's, it's not that cool. Um, and you just go over a couple things. Is there anything you don't want to talk about or anything like that? I, I don't know. No, I'm pretty pretty open for everything. Okay. So. Uh, I don't do a whole lot of YouTube stuff, or like, but I looked at your stuff and I actually liked it. Um, so we'll get into that because I've I've made comments about YouTube before. So does it right. apply to you? Because you actually make useful videos, uh, not the whole vloggy went drifting today, guys. <laughs> nah, I try to just keep it to like the. Yeah the build stuff and yeah like updates like i've been i've actually been pretty terrible at like keeping track of actual build stuff but yeah. this, uh, this is my shitty box behind me you can see it somewhere uh, yeah is that cadillac cps yeah yeah I, I was i actually wanted to build one of those so bad <laughs> don't <laughs> this, this is a pretty cool yeah. i also i really wanted to do an xlr actually so they share like the Corvette chassis. Yeah, actually, the guy I got this from, um, he had originally built it, I don't know, fucking like 2015, 2016. And, uh, oh, right on. I don't know what happened. He just didn't end up liking the car and, uh, he got out of it. So I picked it up as a, not even a roller, just the shell. I had to bring like all my own suspension parts to make it a roller when I picked it up for like 1500 bucks with a cage. Right. So, oh, that's not bad at all. No, no, not at all. All right. Uh, all right, so we'll just get into it, man. Uh, if you'd like to go ahead and introduce yourself, what your name is, what you do, and where you're from. Uh, so I'm Shane Whaley uh, from basically Detroit, Michigan. Uh, mechanic, metal fabricator by day, and, uh, you know, drive drift cars and do stuff like that for fun, too. I've been competing in, you know, I competed in Pro-Am since 2012 and then took a couple years off recently after uh, totaling my last car to start building my new Mustang. And uh, are you going back into Pro-Am or Pro 2 shootouts, whatever? Uh, uh, I was, I'm thinking about it. Yeah. It's up in the air. Uh, you know, I, I pretty consistently competed in Pro-Am for, you know, from 2012 to 2017. Went to every single event, basically. And then, uh, you know, totaled my car. Me and uh, Brian from Tuner Tools built an F a turbo LS swapped FC in like five days that we threw together Jeez. to finish the season with. And then yeah. uh, after that, it was like, all right, I'm, I need to build a correct car because the, the car we built in five days was 
pretty terrible, actually. Yeah, that's uh, that's that was questionable when you said it. I was like, I'm surprised you even showed up with it. Um, where did you say you were from again? Uh, Detroit, Michigan. Oh, okay. Um, uh, so with your stuff, you do all of your own work, if I'm not mistaken. I do everything, everything except for paint and apply vinyl stickers because I cannot apply a vinyl sticker to save my life. <laughs> that's that's fair. Hey, you, you so, got you got to know what you uh, what you're not good at and be willing to at least uh, let somebody who's yeah. I've, uh, I've done most of the body work on uh-huh. the car. Uh, my buddy Chance, my buddy Chance called helped me do uh, a lot of the body work on the hood. Mm-hmm. and uh shave the door handles and stuff like that because i'm an idiot and for some reason i think shaved door handles are cool so i shave all the door handles on my drift cars <laughs> uh it is cool but, uh, and uh but it not so useful how are you getting in just reaching in uh i have latches i have latches on the outside like uh strap latches you just pull on oh okay and you can get in and out so. i wonder, I, wonder but I, I don't know i just think i just think shaved door handles look cool so i've just been shaving the door handles on all my cars um, but yeah, I do everything except for the, the paint and, uh, apply vinyl stickers. I mean, I build my own engines. I build my own transmissions. I do all my fabrication work. I design all my own suspension. The only bolt on part that I have on my car are the front coilovers. Oh, and, uh, let's get into that thing a little bit. What do you got going on besides a completely basically pro ready drift car? So it's a 2015 Mustang. With a built LS, it's actually a LM7, so a 5.3 block, but it's a LS3 crank, LS1 rods and pistons, uh, diamond pistons, K1 rods, you know, basically just a, a fully built motor, 10.5 to 1 compression, and it's got a big Garrett 4508R turbo on there. Oh, okay. So when so, you make the LS1 um, comment, it's not necessarily actual LS1 internals, just uh, specs. I mean, LS is yeah. LS is just like a a basic generation of that block, you know. Yeah. Iron, aluminum. Who gives a shit, really? It's I mean, it's all the same shit. If you can take an yeah. LS three crank and put it into an LM seven or an LM seven, then like, who cares what what it is? It's still an LS. Yeah. Some people get weird with it, like, oh, it's not an LS, it's an iron block. I'm like, mm, it it is. It's an LS base, so it's the same shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh. Yeah, I mean, and none of none of the internals on it are original. The only thing LM7 on it is the actual block. Uh, you know, it makes good power right now, but we we're uh, doing a bunch of changes on it right now this year. So, changing over to a Haltec system, PDM. All all the electronics are all PDM now and everything. So, cleaner, simpler, easier to work on, easier to tune, and uh, we're probably gonna make some serious power on it this year. So we're excited about that. How long have you been uh, putting that thing together? I uh, spent two years building the car from start to finish and then over the last year i've just been making slight changes and upgrades to it from there gotcha uh and then you said you had previously had a gto what was the uh deal with that thing How'd you so end up the gto it? uh gto is actually uh my first pro-am car mm-hmm. i guess you call it uh back you know back in 2012 400 horsepower was like average playing field for pro-am so like that car worked perfect and it was my daily driver at the time oh, i bought shit. it brand new from the dealer oh wow yeah so and then you butchered it so uh 
<laughs> yeah, because like in 2011, I ran a local uh, drift series, uh-huh. and uh, I had an 83 Celica Supra, and I mean, that thing was just like a total turd, but I did really well in the car locally. Like, I ended up winning the local series with the car, mm-hmm. so I was like, screw it, let's go drive Pro-Am, that sounds like fun, but I need a car I can actually compete with in Pro-Am. So I just said, fuck it, and I just, like, turned my GTO into a drift car, and, you know, I still owed, like, 12 grand on the thing when I did it, because I'm a fucking idiot. Nice. <laughs> nice. And then, uh, did you did you at least get it paid for with gap insurance when you wrecked it? Or was it paid off already? <laughs> no, nah, insurance didn't cover nothing on that thing. It was a write-off by then. Nah. But But the cool thing about that car was I basically pioneered the GTO chassis into drifting with that mm-hmm. because the only person that really competed with one before me, was Reese Mellon. Yeah. But their car wasn't, it wouldn't be legal for, you know, like standards nowadays or anything like that. So I had to design all my own suspension parts for that design camber plates for it, control arms, steering knuckles, tie rods, rear Shit. toe arms, basically the whole suspension. And, uh, from designing all that stuff, I was able to sell a lot of product and basically paid for the car and everything I had into it. So by the time I wrecked it in 2017, I was kind of over the car at that point anyways. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't really too upset about it. And then we just used it as a parts car and basically sold off and scrapped the rest. Okay. So uh, how did you end up going Mustang? What, what made you go Mustang? So the original plan was to find like a Cadillac XLR for cheap and uh, do like luck. a last build yeah <laughs> exactly you know much i've seen a couple go on copart for i've seen a couple go on copart for like four grand so i'm like oh, maybe it'd be cool to get into it's still way cheaper than a corvette yeah and it's different but then uh the mustang just kind of popped up so uh one of the shops i used to work at had got this car and they got it for doing development work on and you know Eventually, they were done doing development work on it. And he's like, hey, man, like, I want to use the motor and trans out of that car for a resto build project. So, like, if you want to come take the motor and trans and interior and everything out of it, you can just, like, have the chassis. Holy shit. And I was like, oh, I was like, oh, yeah, cool, man. Like, thumbs up. Awesome. And then, like, months go by and he calls me. He's like, so do you want to get, do you want that car or not? And I was like, oh, dude, I thought you were, like, joking. <laughs> he's like, no, nah, man, come take it down. Come tear it apart. And I was like, all right, cool. Let's do it. So you spend a weekend taking shit out? The, he, yeah, he's the same guy that did the the paint job on the car, too. Oh, okay, cool. So, uh, yeah, TPN Color Lab. So, um, so since you designed all of your own parts and stuff like that, I kind of want to get into like some technical stuff. Uh, I watched a couple of videos. One was the cooling system setup uh, that actually helped me realize how to do mine because I have a rear mount radiator as well which was completely plumbed wrong um yeah and then your angle kit like where did where did where would a person even start to try to kind of like like with the geometry stuff um like where would you even start to look for like to do research because I've been trying it it must be my verge the verbiage I'm using on google but I ain't finding shit Honestly, it's for me. It was a lot of trial and error. That's what I figured. So it was a lot of trial. It was a lot of trial and error with my GTO. I went through probably six or seven different designs of angle kits on my GTO before I figured it out. Mm -hmm. And then once I figured it out, 
translating onto that onto the Mustang, like I totally fucked up the angle kit on this Mustang the first time I built it. I was supposed to debut this car at Grid Life, and I didn't realize that the suspension had a, like a serious binding issue in the control arm design that I I made. Mm-hmm. And I drove my car through tech, past tech, went to go back into a parking spot and broke a control arm and a, a coilover. Backing into a parking spot. Jesus. Because I didn't know under a certain condition that the, the suspension was going to bind up. But I mean, like, I wasn't even pissed about it. I was like, oh, I'm just dumb. I should have seen that. And I'm glad this did not happen going 90 miles an hour. Yeah, that's that's a good point. That'll make you write off another car and just want to give up. <laughs> yeah, so as soon as I figured that out, I went back through and looked at everything and redesigned it again. And then uh, went out for a test day and, like, it worked flawlessly. So that was pretty cool. Nice. I, have you been able to drive oh. that car a lot or not so much? Uh, I've driven it. I drove it two events last year. Oh, so, shit. Yeah. Yeah. This year, we were, we were actually planning on doing a lot more events. Uh, last year was a tight schedule for me. So, plus, you know, I didn't really get the car fully finished until too late in the season. So, traveling to a bunch of other events and stuff like that was kind of out of the question. So, this year is kind of like the big, real debut of the car to like get out there and do some serious events with it. Nice. What do you have planned so far? So, I really want to do the Grid Life events. Okay. Uh, I've, I've applied to drive grid life Midwest. If they'll have me back after, uh, my catastrophe last year, I'd be more than happy to go and actually drive that this year. Uh, LS fest is a huge one. I really want to make it down to, I ran LS fest from 2012 to 2016. So I ran four years of LS fest in a row. Awesome event. Love to go back to that. Grid life horizon would be really cool to go to Michigan speed ring possibly do one of do the mdu shootout or one of the other pro-am shootouts that would be really cool to do as well and then you know just a lot of local fun bash events and stuff like that oh, okay so uh when you were doing prom what prom series were you running because i believe that i was running midwest drift union oh okay mdu what was like the farthest track from you because uh, i know they, they travel through track... a couple states right yeah, probably St. Louis for that series, and then I did drive down to Florida for one of the Jesus. South Southwest Drift Union events. Southwest Drift? I think it was. I think it was Southwest Drift Union. I think that was a series that they had. Huh. Or maybe it was Southeast Drift Union or something like that. It, they didn't really have a huge turnout, mm-hmm. and it was the year I wrecked my GTO. So I was like. We're like falling back in points. We need to go make something up. Let's go run this event down there and see how we do in this RX-7 shit box that we built in four <laughs> days. And uh, we ended up finishing fourth. So not I mean, that, so that bad. Pretty good for now. Yeah, not bad for a car that I thought was absolutely terrible. You just like slapped together. I basically. Drive to save my life. Yeah. Well, not only that, but like my GT, I went basically from driving the biggest car in the field to mm-hmm. the smallest. So, like, that's a huge learning curve change. Like, I've been driving this massive car for, you know, five, six years, and then I hop into this tiny car where my ass is basically on top of the rear seats. It's just really weird and hard to get used to. Yeah, I can imagine the wheelbase is completely different, too. Yeah, the way it transitioned and field and everything like that, it just, 
I, I, I can never really figure it out. I think it was just because uh, I was just so much more used to driving a bigger car. And I think that's why getting in the Mustang, also being a bigger car, like as soon as I got behind the wheel of that thing, I drove that thing two laps and I was like, this, this thing's way better than my GTO ever was. And oh, I wow. drove that GTO for years. So just like just the way the car is all set up or just i mean that was on overall yeah that was that wasn't even with like any seat time like i didn't i didn't get any time to like set up the suspension or play with alignments or anything like that that was like an eyeball alignment and just send it yeah see where we end up so i mean it felt good for that have you uh have you had any major issues with the car yet or uh starter (laughs) had a starter that kept going out on it but that was about it yeah Yeah, just dumb electrical issues uh it doesn't really overheat motor's healthy makes tons of power uh the transmission that's in it is actually the original t56 that was in my gto when i bought it from the dealer that thing's been in three different drift cars and it is untouched and it still works wait you haven't rebuilt that thing nope it's got some issues in fourth (laughs) yeah it's got some issues in fourth but First, second, third work like great, but fourth gear. If I bang fourth gear hard, it it doesn't want to go in. Oh shit! Yeah, I the only problem. But if I, I put ever... it in nice and easy, if I ease it in there, it's it's all right. I did, I ended up disliking the T fifty six because they came in the CTSV, and uh, they have this shitty linkage setup. I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's terrible, but it makes everything so sloppy. And um, I remember one day I was just cruising. I was on an, uh, changing from one freeway to another, and I shifted into fifth gear. And then, I, if you know how like fifth and sixth gear are on the same uh, piece, basically, I don't, I don't know what you would call it. Well, anyways, it ended up spinning on the main shaft itself and shearing all of the. Um, what the hell would you call them? Like the, the splines, uh, splines off the shaft. Yeah, splines. Yeah. So it. Uh, ever since then, I was like, "Fuck this transmission." And yeah, um, I've I've rebuilt plenty of T56s, so like I, those things I know are a how easy they are to rebuild if they break. Yeah, I oh yeah, dude, they're they're great. Like, and there's so much support out there for them. Yeah, I've actually seen dudes throw the the shafts in the hydraulic presses to tear the transmissions down, and just like shatter them because they don't know the gears are held down with C clips. They think they're all they think they're all just like press fit together. Yeah, I um. I think I watched a Mustang video. It was a Mustang T56 that they were pulling apart. And as soon as you crack it open, it's all the damn same inside. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was super easy. Yeah. So it was, I think, probably saved like a thousand bucks as opposed to just taking it to someone to have it rebuilt. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, uh, I'd like to get out of the T56 and go to a dog box, but right now it's just kind of like budget. I do have a spare T56 in my garage in case I really need one. Yeah, so there's no... But I think, I, yeah, but I think game plan for next year, not this this year anytime soon, but I think next year when I get the off, you know, we're in off season, I have some time to save up a little more cash. I'll probably sell off both T56s and pick up a dog box. Yeah, and then once you go with that, you're like looking at a new bell housing. Um, you run a McLeod, don't you, for a clutch? No, I run a South Bend twin disc oh what is that south bend clutches uh dxd clutches they're based out of south bend indiana oh okay 
I have to look them up because yeah. I am in the market for a clutch, but I'm most likely to go with McLeod because they're local to me. And if, if anything, if shit goes yeah. south, at least it's down the street. Well, not down the street. Right. Yeah. Close, yeah, closer than Indiana. The same twin disc for a while. Oh, really? Yep. It's been in uh, this car, the RX-7, and uh-huh. the GTO. So oh, okay. same, same clutch lasted uh, three cars now. Are you going to go with the uh, the quick time bell housing just to, like, bolt it right up? Are you going to do something else? Yeah, probably probably those the SFI certified ones. Yeah. I'm looking at the McLeod one for weight purposes because this car is super heavy, and I'm trying to get the weight down as much as possible. But I think it's, like, 100 bucks extra on top of the quick time bell housing. Yeah. Might... Oh, trust me. I know how the weight game goes. Yeah. That, it's... That fuck GTO. How much does that thing weigh? Have you weighed it, up? Weighed it yet? Uh, the GTO? Or uh, the, both the Mustang, <laughs> both. So the GTO originally was thirty eight something, thirty eight hundred something pounds. Mm-hmm. At its lightest, I got the GTO down to twenty seven forty. Without so, you in it, that's pretty solid. Yeah, without me in it. Yeah, without me in it, I got it down to twenty seven forty, and that was with like tons of crazy lightweight like carbon composite parts that mm-hmm. uh, a local carbon company made. Uh, after I put an iron block in it and turbocharged it, it was around 3,000, I think it was like 3,020, which still is pretty light. Uh, the Mustang weighs 3,046 last time I scaled it. Yeah. How are you on like, uh, weight ratio from front to back? Uh, front to back is like 48, 52. Oh, that's a lot better than I am. So, uh, four, 48 rear, rear 52 front. That's what I figured. Yeah, I'm on a and then lens fifty five forty five. It's not really yeah. happy with it, and that's with an aluminum block. Yeah, the cool thing about the Mustang with the the swap though is that the motor actually sits really far back. Oh, really? In the engine bay, so like the crank pulley is almost in line with the strut towers. Like it's that far back in the engine bay because the LS is so much smaller than the Coyote. Yeah. So it actually puts a lot of the weight to the back, and then I have the rear mount radiator and all that stuff, and I built a full aluminum exhaust for it, so it's super lightweight. Jesus. Yeah. I didn't even know that was a possibility. People are sleep. People are sleeping on that aluminum exhaust, man. I know. That's a drag drag racing trick that I picked up. Run yeah. aluminum exhaust, make a steel downpipe, and then run aluminum exhaust all the way out the back, save some weight. Yeah, I'm going to have to Google that now, because I, I had a little run-in with the clutch blowing up, so... I lost everything, and since I have to redo everything now, I I might be doing that, especially to save weight because this thing's fucking heavy. I think it well, not like... only that, but you save a lot of money too. Like that—that's another thing. I'm like really budget conscious when it comes to building cars, because like I'm a broke bitch. <laughs> yeah. So like I gotta save every penny I can, and like do like like if there's a bracket that I can buy for forty five dollars, but I can make it for two cents, I'm gonna make it. Yeah, I'm in the same. Like boat. that's how I try and save money. Like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I have no idea what I'm doing. But what I can't afford is to pay somebody else to do it. But I'm willing to learn and figure it out. Even if I fuck it up, like, six times, I'd rather do it that way. Yeah, and then that's something you can, like, bring with you forever from there on out. That's how I feel about it. Some people are indifferent with... I get it from people who kind of, like, make a living off of this stuff. I understand that. Um, But my job doesn't pay enough for me to just pay somebody thousands of dollars for shit I can do. Maybe Dude, not maybe I not as good. That. Maybe not as good, but it'll get there someday. 
hey man if you do it enough times you'll you can do it just as good yeah hopefully. that's what i've learned I, I didn't go to school to be a mechanic or learn to build engines or learn to fabricate it's all just doing it in my garage doing it myself over and over and over and over and over again so i figure out how to do it right yeah same here <laughs> like practice doing it right uh like when i was looking into roll cages and stuff um i haven't bought one yet but the other i was supposed to get another car uh the reason I didn't pick up that cat, the other Cadillac was there was some finicky shit with the paperwork. And honestly, I didn't want to drive to fucking Oregon to go pick up this one. It's just, I had no desire to do that. Um, but I was looking into like getting a two bender and like just learning how to do all that shit myself. And it was still going to cost me less in material and the tools than it would for me to go get a roll cage done. Yeah. Well, a lot of, yeah. I mean that, yeah. Some like, and I learned something. Get a cage done. Some guys will sling cages out for like twenty five hundred bucks, something like that. Yeah, uh, even then. I mean, I've seen guys do them for like a grand, and they're buying five hundred dollar pre bent cages and welding them in. Which, I mean, I don't know if I'd take my car to somebody that's only charging me five hundred bucks to weld a cage in. Yeah, that is kind of questionable. You do get what you pay for. Yeah, but yeah, you do. That yeah. is true. Yeah. So. Like, I probably have 60 hours into the cage on my car. Yeah. So, I mean, like, 60 hours, what's your time worth plus material? You know, you have six, $700 of material plus 60 hours. You go to a shop, you're going to get you're gonna get charged 6500 to seven grand for a cage probably. More than that even, depending on their labor rate. Yeah. And then some guys will do, like, a flat rate setup, which is kind of cool. Um but I get it. Everyone's trying to make a dime to pay for this shit because it ain't free. Right. I mean, I also TIG weld on my cages, so that's also way more time-consuming than just MIG welding, which you can MIG weld a cage. Perfectly safe, perfectly fine. Uh, when it come, came to building my car, I just wanted everything to like have a little bit of an aesthetic to it yeah. and look nice, so I just wanted to TIG weld it and make it right make it the way I wanted it done. That way I wouldn't have to look at it and go, ah, I want to redo this later because cutting cages out fucking sucks. I bet. Yeah, this one, uh, the cage that's in this car, it's, I'm not a huge fan of it. And I wanted to do that, but I was like, no, nah, I'm good. I'll just leave it in there. If it doesn't pass, when it yeah, doesn't it, pass tech. It we'll, works for now. Yeah, we'll cross that bridge when I get there. I mean, you, you said you got that car for what, like 1200 bucks or 1500 bucks? 1500 And then plus the grand I spent to go pick it up. You know, hotel, yeah. food, gas. Yeah, if you were going to start over and just recage that, it'd be better off just to get another chassis. Oh, I know. I have one, too, in my fucking yard, just in case. Yeah. Yeah. But, well, because I wrecked, I had an E46, and I wrecked that at Irwindale. And, uh, oh, tight. Yeah. It's an yeah. iconic, iconic track to wreck a car at. Right? Uh, I wrecked my GTO at Gateway. <laughs> it sucks. But, it, like, within, like, an hour, I had already had uh, made it, I had already made a deal for this car after I wrecked. Oh, all right. Yeah, ain't bad. Yeah. So, I, I knew get, I wanted to build. Yeah, I knew I wanted to build this car. I just fucking wish I would have known better before I got into it. Um, what's, what is one thing that you would change on that car besides that transmission? Is there anything else? Or are you pretty much set with that? I mean, 
I don't know. I always like changing little things, but like major changes, I'd probably do a quick change just because I've always wanted to fabricate my own rear subframe setup for a quick change. Oh, okay. That that's probably it. I mean, it doesn't really need one. It's got a forty-eight-eight in it. It's got a three seventy-three gear and a diff that works really well. Uh, those are maybe half shafts. Those are eight point eights, right? Yeah, it's a forty-eight-eight. Yeah, they make a kit for this car. I need yeah. to buy one already. But... Yeah, so it's got the the forty-eight-eight in it, three seventy-three gear. It's got stock half shafts. It's actually stock diff too. So yeah, that's what I figured. It's a full track pack car. Uh huh. Yeah, it's a full track pack car. So it has the the track pack diff it's got the tr- big ass track pack brakes that i have to, had to grind up to fit my 18 inch wheels on <laughs> but uh yeah i mean probably probably just the rear diff go to a quick change just because yeah uh have you did you come across like any major complications when it came to building this car not really i mean i kind of have like an engineering mindset when it comes to building stuff so you know, when you design and build everything yourself, you kind of always look three, four steps ahead when you're building it. That yeah. way you don't run into problems where you're like, oh, shit. And then the next thing you know, you're you're breaking suspension parts, pulling into a parking lot because you still overlooked something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I saw those. Um, you have like, I don't know what the hell they're called on your front suspension. Like, it's not a um, it's not a sway bar, right? Uh, oh, you're talking about the the big strut bars that go in, that are connected to the control arms. Yeah, what is that? So the the that is the sway bar. The sway bar is mounted over the engine. It's an engine bay mounted sway bar. Ah, okay. So those are basically so those like are the, the end links. Those are the the those are the sway bar end links, actually. Shit, those things are huge. So they go they go up into the engine bay. Yeah. Oh damn. Big ass three quarter three quarter inch or one inch. I think they're one inch chrome molly rods. Oh damn! Is that something you made? Or you to, bought? Uh, yeah, no, I made all that. Oh, shit. So I made my own sway bar and everything. Yeah, and that came like that from factory, and then you just kind of redid it. No, oh, it had just... a regular, regular ass sway bar on it. Oh shit! From the factory, like normally the the front suspension on these are double lower control arm. So the way that it pivots, you'd have to look up the the pictures of it, but. It's a double lower, double ball joint lower control arm. So it's got okay. two lower control arms, basically, that the knuckle pivots off of. And I redesigned that to all be one single arm, kind of like how on a like a 240, like WiseFab kit or something like that, converts it all over to one single arm. And those are McPherson, and then, you know, right? Yeah, they're McPherson strut. Was your uh, GTO McPherson? Yep. Okay, I don't, I don't know a whole lot about the that chassis. I've never been into them. Yeah, uh, I just redesigned all that and then didn't really have room for it, the sway bar with the design for the angle that I was getting. So I was like, fuck it, let's move to the engine bay. Make hmm. it work. Damn, that's, uh, see, that's shit I try to figure out, but not there yet. Baby steps. Um, what are your plans to go with? Where, what are your plans to go with with this car? Do you plan on doing like Pro 2 or, I know you said MD. I mean, when I was driving Pro-Am, like, that was the goal. Like, mm-hmm. drive to go pro, drive to get into Pro 2. Uh, pro 2 was actually introduced as I was driving Pro-Am, so it was like, ah, oh, shit, one more step to go pro. Yeah. And then, you know, uh, the more I drove Pro-Am in that last year, it's like it was just like, 
man, like I really love driving pro-am because of like seeing all the guys, like all these guys you drive with, across, you know, from across the country, you get to see them a couple times a summer yeah. and drive with them. And, you know, they become like your friends and family basically. And like, that was the whole reason I actually enjoyed driving pro-am. And now that they're doing like these one event shootout things, it's like, I don't even know if I really even want to do that. It's like, Eight hundred dollars for an entry fee to drive one event. Vegas, Drift like I really wasn't. don't even know if I want to. Yeah, like I don't even really know if I want to go do that anymore. Yeah, I know. I just signed up for the Vegas Drift Pro Two shootout, but luckily that one's only five hundred bucks and not eight hundred. Yeah, because I was looking at the other ones. Yeah, like... but if I had to trailer my shit all the way from Detroit to Vegas, it'd be uh, it'd be like fuck. a three thousand dollar event. Yeah. You're like, nah, I'd rather spend the eight hundred now. <laughs> yeah, that's uh... yeah, but. I mean, I've, I've been doing, like, local fun events and stuff like that, and uh-huh. it's just like, man, I forgot how much I just, like, love going to the track and driving. Yeah. Like, I can't hate on competitive driving, because I did it for so long, and I understand how fun it is. Like, pro-am driving is, like, completely different than going to a local grassroots event. It is. Like, it's a, it's a different it's a different kind of fun, but it's still a lot of fun. Yeah. But, like, grassroots drifting is also just, like, you ain't got to worry about shit. Yeah, you just gotta you can, show you can up. Drive. Yeah, you show up, drive two laps, or drive two hundred. It don't matter. Yeah, yeah, I noticed that too. Like when you do the the grassroots events, like you'll just fucking tinker on your car all day and play with it, as opposed to when you're uh, at a prom event and you got like limited seat time and you're like, shit, I gotta hurry up and fix this so I can get back out there and get more practice laps in before qualifying. Yeah, like you can go to a, you can go to a grassroots event, show up with. 100% working car mm-hmm. and leave with a car that's like got busted suspension and a blown motor and still have a good day. Yeah. If Not you go to if you go to a prime event and have a fuel pump fail and you don't have a replacement, you're going to be pissed off that whole weekend. Yeah. I've I had that I had an alternator fail on me. <laughs> and so I had to shut it down for the day, so I know that feeling for sure. Uh, I've been knocked out of competition before for a fuel pump failure. I had an oil pump failure. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one that I finished uh, fourth place in down in Florida, we actually got rod knock in practice, and my crew chief was just like, nah, it's an exhaust leak. Just send it. <laughs> I was like, oh, all right, cool, man. I called him over. I was like, hey, Brian, you hear that knocking? He's like, no, 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 no. That's just an exhaust leak. It's fine. And then I was like, all right, cool. And then as soon as I left, he's like, fuck, I'm rebuilding the motor when I get back to Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what what happened to that RX-7? Uh, I don't know. Hopefully it ended up in a junkyard crushed up somewhere. <laughs> that, uh, <laughs> that actually wasn't my car. That was a Tuner Tools car that I was driving. Uh, I was driving their car. Uh, Tuner Tools is actually the team that I drive for. And Brian tunes all my vehicles and they helped me out big time. So when I wrecked the GTO, they stepped up to actually throw the uh, supply in the vehicle and uh, helping get that car built in a very, very short period of time. Clearly. And we used the we used the drivetrain out of the GTO in it. That's what I figured. That's cool. Yeah. And then when we were done with it, season was over. I was like, Brian, I really appreciate everything you've done. Keep the motor in trans. You've helped me out a lot. And just like do whatever you want with this car. And then he tried using it for a time attack car, and he came to the same conclusion I did, that that car was terrible, and I think he pulled the motor and trans out of it and sold the chassis. Yeah, that's... And now that same motor and trans lives on in his daily driver GTO. Oh, nice. (laughs) Yeah, so, full circle. 
works and, out. And I was, I was like, uh, the I had a Cadillac CTSV before, then I wrecked it. So I kept the LS6 out of it, and I ran that for, I ran that in the BMW, and then it ended up in this Cadillac. And then what finally took it out was a fucking clutch failure. Um, well, it wasn't even the clutch. Uh, the flywheel exploded, and it blew the ears off of the block. So, like, I couldn't dangerous. even. Yeah, and I couldn't. Well, I had a SFI bell housing, luckily. Um, I couldn't even bolt on a bell oh, housing. Oh, okay, that's good. I, would, I wouldn't be able to bolt on a bell housing any longer or a starter. So that's the only reason I yeah, had to do it. Yep, that's the only reason I had to move on. So I got an LS2 now. So we'll see how that goes. But oh, shit's sometimes expensive. Sometimes I forget that I still have an I still have an LS2 sitting around here. I still <laughs> have the original block out of my GTO. Oh shit, really? So yeah, yeah. I was gonna use it for the Mustang, but I was like, nah, I'm kind of over these aluminum blocks. Yeah, they're. Uh, I didn't. I never had an issue with it. Um, I've always had cooling issues for whatever reason um with the aluminum or the iron blocks i i've never had an iron block the only iron block is oh, you've never had my truck yeah my truck has a little 4.8 in it and that thing never gets hot and i think it only has water in it but i also live in so yeah i i actually used to have a lot of overheating issues with uh with the ls2 as well but i mean they weren't like crazy overheating the, uh, the iron blocks, I mean, the good thing about them is if you break one, they're dirt cheap. I've never paid more than $400 for an iron LS. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry, LM7 or LQ9. or. I mean, you can get iron blocks cheap. You can buy a brand, you can buy one from a block off Summit for like 500 bucks. They're 300 So, are they now? They're 300 Yeah, bucks? they're 300 yeah. bucks. I don't, think it comes with, I don't think it comes with main caps, though. Yeah, like the motor I bought for my Mustang, I paid $400 for it with full accessories, ECU, and harness, and I made $500 off parting all that shit out. Oh, nice. And then I was, I still had like a fully assembled long block. Some places in the country, you can't really get them for like three, four hundred bucks fully dressed with accessories. Uh-huh. But. Up here in the Midwest, you know, you can find good deals on them all the time. Yeah, I noticed that. Um, I got a buddy that lives out in Minnesota, and he got like a what is it, the six liter one that everyone runs? LQ nine. Yeah, he got that for like four hundred bucks. Came yep. came out of a running Silverado because it was wrecked. I was like, Jesus. Yeah, up here, up in Detroit, we actually have a, uh, a couple junkyards called Parts Galore. And basically, they have an inventory list of, like, different parts on vehicles. Uh-huh. And they have, like, a set price no matter what it is. So, like, any engine is $250. Oh, nice. Like, yeah, like you go up there and you pull it yourself. So, yeah, you see, go we up don't... there and just We're... find, like, an LQ9, yank it out, 250 bucks, good to go. Yeah, Pay see... $40 for a warranty if you want one. Yeah. Now, like, I went to pick a part the other day. We have L- LKQ over here. Um, okay. So I went to one the other day, and now I'm finally starting to see like Silverados and Suburbans and shit like that. But most of them, the the engines are yanked like right away. Yeah. Because they're. I've actually gone up there a couple times and seen some LSs in there. Uh, usually when I go there, I just go there to like browse around, or I'm looking for parts for my Supra because I got an old 1985 Supra that I daily. 
Yeah. And I'm always looking for shit for that thing, and I'll see an LS up there or something like that. Looking for a fucking ashtray. walking around with my buddies like, hey, you know how people say you can't LS swap a car for less than five grand? I bet if we came here and got the shit, we could do it for like 800 bucks. Yeah, it gets... uh... You can, but then I mean, it'd have, whole... it have like a 4L60 in it. Yeah, it'll, it'll I know, right? Up, but... Dude, I know. I, I rocked a 4L60 on my truck, and I'm like, I'm just waiting for that thing to fucking be a whole bunch of neutrals. Um, yep. But it, that then it comes into like the fucking uh, snowball build. Like once you get the LS, you're like, oh, I want some fuel rails. I want an intake. And then you want a new fucking throttle body. And it, it's just, it's a bitch. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's kind of, like, one of the things that I like to do when I'm doing, like, a build like that, quotations, is, like, set a budget for, like, the shit that I actually want to do. So, like, my Supra that I bought, when I started that, it, it was kind of just going to be, like, a little YouTube side project deal while I was taking a break from the Mustang. It was like, all right, let's build the baddest car that I can for three grand. We're not going a penny over. Okay. And I ended up with... An 85 Celica Supra with a single turbo 1J in it. Nice. And I built the entire car for $2,600. Damn. But, see, like a lot of people don't take that, like you're doing all this work. Yeah, I'm doing all the work and the wiring and sourcing and like like haggling for parts too. Yeah. Scrounging bins for spare parts and stuff like that. Like the turbo that I actually used for the the original turbo I put on that car for the single turbo conversion was one of my old GTO turbos. So it's an LS size turbo. It's a GTX 4294R. Oh, shit. Like it's a massive Garrett turbo that I had a spare turbo I had laying around. I'm like, yeah, nah, this big bitch is going on there. How long did it take a long I'm time like, to spool? Don't give me. Oh, dude, it takes <laughs> forever to spool, but when it does, it fucks. Yeah, hard. I bet it does. Uh, I've driven like one turbo car. I haven't driven anything with big power, but I just wasn't a fan of like waiting for the turbo to kick in. Yeah, so. I was I was out there with that car after I built it, and I was uh doing some like test and tuning on it, and I was like slowly turning the boost up. I had it at, like 12, 12 to fourteen psi, and it like felt really good with that big ass turbo. And I was like, ah, let's give it a couple more clicks on the boost controller. And then uh, some dude in a Hellcat rolled up next to me and uh, ran him. And that's when I found out I, that couple more clicks turned it up to 26 pounds of boost. Oh, shit. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it blew the tires off in fourth gear. But, I mean, that Hellcat only got me by, like, a fender. Oh, damn. And this is in a car that I built for, like, $2,600. So that was pretty uh pretty Against funny. what, like a $70,000 car? Uh, I don't know what their lease payments are on those things. Oh, and. Yeah, people, I can't, I wouldn't lease that fucking car. Definitely wouldn't buy a used one, because you know it's been fucking hammered. Oh, that's like the go, that's like the Detroit go-to car up here. It's, I think it's the... The Challengers and Hellcats, the the poop packs. Yeah, they're they're everywhere here, too. Like, I see those more often. Um, Like, granted, we have, like, obviously Camaros, Mustangs. We have a lot of Mustangs over here. Probably the most common. But then you have all the guys in the V6s revving. Yeah. Um, what's... Shit, I lost my train of thought. What, uh... What... 
what drive belt assembly are you using? Are you using like the, uh, like the truck stuff or like the using... accessory? Yeah. The accessory drive? Yeah. I only have an alternator on there. Oh shit! You're not even running power steering, or wait? It's electric. That's what I was gonna ask you. Yeah, I think I remember yeah, saying it's that. It's got electric power steering rack, electric water pump, and then uh, I just use an ICT billet, uh, lower alternator mount, and oh, then okay. uh, ATI dampener. So the only thing on my accessory drive is the alternator. Okay. Did you go with the bigger alternator? Or you just went with like the standard GM hundred. Oh, that the. The alternator is the only thing I didn't sell off of the, uh, the 5.3 when I bought it. Oh, shit. The, uh, the 5.3 junkyard alternator that's got like 180,000 miles on it. <laughs> it's still kicking. And then if you need it's a new still one. Still kicking. If you need a new one, it's like, what, $27? Yeah. I put two batteries in the bag just in case it decides to take a shit while I'm out on track. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was uh, trying to save weight, so I was even considering getting a smaller battery, but I've heard like mixed things about running the smaller batteries yeah i've ran small batteries in the past and it's always came to bite me in the ass especially after like hot lapping and the alternate or the starter gets heat soaked and then it like doesn't want to turn over having that extra battery in the back there really helps out yeah i have a... and i run i run i run big ass truck batteries too like big dural ass gold truck batteries two of them yeah I have like a thousand cranking amp each I think I have like an 800 cranking app uh, Optima Blue Top because the my theory behind running the Blue Top was you know it's the uh, the marine battery and boats don't start every fucking day but they fire right up for whatever reason every time um, that's yeah. why I ran that and it's it's been in the BMW since 2017 it was in this car and then the other day I used it to start a Jeep. And it was just, it's been oh, sitting. Nice. Yeah, and it's just been sitting, so, and it cranked right over. So I'll probably keep that. Uh, what kind of setup do you have in the rear as far as, like, suspension goes? Did you design new arms or you just bought stuff off the so, shelf? So, yeah, all the, all the arms are custom custom arms that I built. Uh, the So, yeah, I designed my own tail arms. Uh, oh, okay. Vertical links, uh, designed my own rear coilover conversion kit for it. So instead of having independent shock and spring in the back, it's true coilover. And I designed all my own brackets for that and sourced out the, my own shocks through QA1 and spring rates and everything like that for it. Just because uh, there is a off-the-shelf coilover conversion kit that bolts on, but they're like five grand for some reason. That's ridiculous. For like a double adjustable one. Uh-huh. So it's like, yo, I bet I can make this shit for like $500. And I did. <laughs> Don't you, didn't, weren't you the one that posted about making, um, like 3, 3D printing parts before they go into production? Like to test fit and stuff like yeah, that? Yeah, I actually, uh, I fully 3D printed uh, a steering knuckle coilover conversion brackets. Uh, what else? I've actually 3D printed a lot of shit for this car to test out beforehand, but. I've done some practical 3D printing stuff, too, that works. Like, I 3D print my CAN bus keypad mounting brackets and mm-hmm. 3D print a steering wheel hook for the car just because I didn't feel like spending $20 on one. <laughs> I have a 3D printer, so, you know. <laughs> of all the things, a fucking steering wheel hook. Um, yeah. What kind of interior do you have set up in that car? 
so the for interior wise, I mean it's it's fully gutted race car status, obviously, but uh, the seat is a OMP HTE carbon racing seat, and it has a custom suede wrap done by Sean Paul Custom Interiors, mm-hmm. and then the dash is this a stock Mustang upper, and that's getting wrapped by Sean Paul Custom Interiors as well with a suede stitch dash on it. Oh nice! And then the face of the dash is carbon fiber sheet from Sancor composites so not only is it a practical drift car useful it's also got that little pizzazz on you got it. a style yeah yeah you yeah. gotta have a little bit of style in there i haven't got that far and yet. party lights i mean it's got party lights too <laughs> so we, we got we got party lights under the dash and above the a pillar or above the the main hoop and yeah we put some lights in the car too uh, and then uh, I have like my intercooler. My intercooler is in the car, so the intercooler is on the uh, passenger side floor, where all the charge pipes are and stuff like that too. Yeah, I threw an LED strip in the trunk area just in case shit happens and I need to work back there at night. But other than that, it's yeah, no oh, it, fucking it's purpose. super practical. Under underbody lights are way underrated for working on cars. You just go through and you like turn it on white. And, hey, you got under you got lights under the car to work. Yeah, exactly. Um shit they're so fucking light you should probably put them in the trans tunnel too when you need them it, it lights up pretty good yeah they're, they're the ones underneath the car i got i got a lot of them i got like four sets of led oh, lights shit. on the car for some reason <laughs> yeah i think i'm gonna do that now because i got like a this big ass roll the only problem is i'm not i can't really get the soldering gun the way i want it set up so i might have to spend oh some you just go on. get those color changing ones off amazon for like 30 bucks that's what i got and you, what yeah. if you like power them all up at the same time? They turn white. Yep. Uh, anything? Uh, what's like the biggest thing you've learned from you know building your own cars? Other than oh. fucking learning how to build the car, like what's like hurdles you've came over and stuff like that. Honestly, probably just saying like fuck whatever anybody else says about how you should build your own car. That's like the biggest hurdle to come over because like so many people have input on the internet nowadays and want yeah. to tell you like, do it this way. Don't do that. Don't do this. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. And I mean, a lot of these guys are out there just doing shit the wrong way anyway. So, you know, just, just do you build it the way you want it done and, you know, fuck anybody else's input pretty much. Yeah, I feel like when you kind of, it, it's good to listen to people, and at the same time, it kind of turn. It doesn't let you. It's it's good when people are putting in like actual constructive criticism. Correct. But if they're just like if you're doing something you. that's actually like wrong or not safe, then like yeah, take that into consideration. But if somebody's like, "Fuck you, you shouldn't put that engine in your car because yada yada yada," it's like yeah, just just ignore those people. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you get some shit for the Mustang having an LS in it. Yeah, it's wasn't as bad as when I built my GTO though, honestly. Oh, GTO really? guys are wild. Those dudes are purist. Oh, like they all oh, they, they hated they, that car. Like, oh, you ruined a perfectly good car. My dad's a GTO guy, so uh, but he's he, oh he'd probably hate my car. No, 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 he he loves LSs, but he he's into like old hot rods and shit. So he's built like a like two or two sixty four GTOs, two sixty fives, and I think 
He just started dabbling. Oh, real GTOs. Yeah, 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 the good ones. Okay. And uh, he put an LS in a, in a couple of them. And everyone's like, why would you do that? That's not even the original motor. But no one gives it. Like, why would you want that heavy-ass hunk of junk? Yeah, no. At least not for the well, best he's doing. Why I put that, that's kind of why I put the LS in my Mustang. Is like, I know those engines really well. I know they work. I know they can make a ton of power. I know they're cheap. Yeah. Easy to service. And I know I can make it fit. And, you know, really, really easy to work on in the Mustang, actually. So I was like... Yeah, let's just put an LS in it. I mean, it's I could have a thousand horsepower LS for half the cost of a crate motor Coyote to put back in it. So Dude, I know that's nuts. It's I like the Coyote. I I I'm a GM guy through and through. I do. I will say I do like the way the Coyote sounds over the LS. Um, See, I'm I'm on the other I'm on the really? other side of I do, that. I, like I love I JTP's car. Sound the stand of a Coyote motor. Oh, I actually I fucking think love the Coyote it. is. I think the Coyote is as good, if not a better engine than the LS, but I think they sound like trash. Really? Ah, oh, dude, I love the way those things fucking sound. Uh, just because every time I hear an LS, it's always it always sounds the fucking same. I never hear one that sounds, you know, astonishing in any way. Unless you hear, you have those guys who do those like crazy headers, and it kind of sounds a little cool. Or they have like the eight to one collectors. Yeah, those kind of sound a little interesting, but beyond that, it's it's all the same shit. You can kind of hear the difference between like the uh, the smaller displacement engines, the LSs, as opposed to like the six liters and stuff. Uh, I always thought that the smaller displacements kind of had a little bit higher of a pitch. Yeah, I've actually had a lot of people comment on the exhaust sound of my Mustang about how it sounds. Because I, was... I mean, the single turbo and the aluminum exhaust. It sounds like a diesel spaceship. <laughs> and that thing has chop too, huh? And I'm surprised for a turbo yeah, it, car. It, it actually does. Yeah, well, and, and for being single exhaust too. I mean, it's it at idle, it, it chops pretty hard, which is weird. Yeah, I noticed that too. But what camera are you running in it? It's a BTR Stage 4 Turbo Cam. Oh, okay. Is that the one that's like spec for cathedrals the... or square port heads? Uh, I don't know if it's spec for head specifics. It's more of like a higher RPM range and uh, kind of like a higher CFM range. For, oh, okay. Like higher boost applications, I guess you would call it. Oh, okay. Yeah, like, like got ported head. Like my motor is a, uh, it's got ported heads and all that. It's high compression motor too. Well, high compression for boost, so it's ten and a half to one compression. Oh, okay. So what heads I mean, you normally you boost one of these out. What's that? What heads are on it? I think they're 862s. Yeah, oh, 862 truck heads. Okay. So they have smaller combustion chambers, which is good for higher compression. And then I have the heads ported, so they get better airflow too. Gotcha. And then with the head, ga- head gasket sizing and the diamond pistons that are in it, it's, it ends up being about 10.5 to 1 compression. Yeah. And then nothing done to the T56, right? You said it's completely stock? Yeah, bone stock. Yeah, that's... I haven't even opened it up. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, those things can take some abuse. Um, but they do have... It's got a ob- shifter in it. I mean, that's about uh, it, though. Yeah, amazing. Um, yeah, those things take some abuse. and then But they do, obviously, they have their weak points. So yeah, guys... I've heard the GTO T56s are, like, one of the better T56s, though. So I guess I'm kind of lucky I 
got that, that one, one instead yeah. of like an older F body T56. Yeah. The older F body T56s I've seen lots of failures with. Yeah, like the third gear and then like the forks that are always snapping. Yep. Yeah. Uh did you go with like a lightweight uh drive shaft or you went with steel? No, I don't fuck with aluminum drive shafts no more. What'd you do? I I had a custom steel drive shaft made. No, no, no. I mean, no more. Let's hear the story behind the aluminum drive shaft issue. Oh, I've just seen too many failures. I've seen too way too many failures with aluminum drive shafts. I've seen too many failures with carbon fiber drive shafts. Yeah, I've seen that a lot. And then doing a burnout. I haven't really seen any failures of steel drive shafts. So, plus cost, like getting a custom four, three and a half, four inch aluminum drive shaft made for this thing, I got quoted like sixteen hundred dollars. And then we have a local drive shaft shop here. Uh, in Michigan, DTS, they actually were just like, yeah, spec it out. What your uh, bring us a yoke? So I brought them a yoke, and they were like, yeah, and tell us what the uh, U joint center to center is. And I told them they're like, yeah, three hundred twenty five bucks. Come pick it up tomorrow. Damn, dude, I didn't even get mine. They that cut cheap. it, balanced it. Yeah, they cut it and balanced it and everything right there. So I think I paid like six fifty, but they gave me the yoke and everything too. And then they actually had a because the way. Um, the uh, flanges on my diff, they had a custom make one to make it fit since it, we were getting rid of the guibo that was once there. Yeah. So that that got expensive when they're like, "Oh, we got a machine with a new piece for you." I was like, "All right." So that was six hundred and fifty bucks, but at least I'm four speed. So if I ever go dog box, it just goes right in. I don't have to worry about uh right getting a new drive. Uh, you might, your length might. The length's gonna be the same on that. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, they're exactly the same. Okay. It's an old. Oh one. yeah, another reason why I don't I don't really like messing with aluminum drive shafts is uh, one of my buddies brought me his GTO to do some work on, and it had a DSS aluminum drive shaft in it, and or he brought me a DSS aluminum drive shaft to put in it with the T56 Magnum he brought me, mm-hmm. and I I like inspect everything before I install it, especially if they're used parts. And one of the welds all the way around was cracked, so I was oh, like, shit. "Yeah, man, I'm not putting this in." I was like, "Let me just call my call these dudes up over at DTS and let's just get a steel one made for you." And you know, same thing. It's like 325, 340 bucks somewhere around there, and had a new drive shaft ready to go in like two days. But just like welds cracking, I've seen them just pretzel, shred in half, carbon ones explode. Steel drive shafts, a little bit harder to break little bit heavier but i'll take the weight penalty for the the peace of mind yeah yeah i, I don't think i'd want to experience an exploding drive shaft because i have, have enough problems on my own um <laughs> i got a few questions on instagram for you let's get to those all right seems like i can find them there we go so we got first one was from Skylar W eighteen. When are we gonna see the big Wang Gang again? <laughs> uh not on the Mustang. I test fit the big Wang Gang on the Mustang, and I did not like the way it looked. Had to had to put a close to that chapter. Unfortunately, I actually thought about putting that big ass wing on my uh, Supra, though. So that <laughs> might happen. Does it look good on it? As long as it's low mounted, I mean, uh, it's like a big ass wing. 
but like low mounted on the truck on the hatch. It looks pretty cool. Ah, okay, I gotcha. Uh, I got another one from Turbo Kush RD. Uh, was the GTO a good drift car, or did it need a lot of work? It needed a lot of work to become a good drift car. What work did it and need? And even when it was... It just took forever to get the rear suspension dialed in. So it's a single trailing arm in the rear, which means that you're very limited on camber and toe alignment. So I actually had to modify the shit out of that subframe to get basically to zero camber with a slight toe in in the rear and anytime you adjust anything so if you have you have it's a single trailing arm so you have centric bushings on the control arm basically if you adjust one of those bushings it adjusts both camber and toe at the same time so dialing them them in independently was really difficult but when i got it dialed in it worked really really good unfortunately i totaled my car the day after I got it fully dialed in. Of course, right? Yep. Yeah, I have that same issue. Like, if I go to adjust toe, then it adjusts camber with it, and then I adjust the control arm. It's a fucking, it's a fucking process to get it where I want it. So yeah, I, I mean, I really that. like that car. It worked, it worked really good. It was able to hang with some, like, really well-set-up S chassis, which have years and years of development into them. Like, you could... There's there are so many cookbook cookbooks on how to set up a 240, and I was able to hang with a lot of those really well set up 240s in yeah. my cobbled together GTO that I just kind of designed to make work, and you know I, I I got it to a point where it actually worked pretty well, but it was a ton of work to get it to work really well. Yeah, I imagine you drove that thing for what five years? You said. Drifting. Uh, six. Yeah. I think I drifted for six six years. Well, five five to six, you know, 2012, 2017. I took it to a couple grassroots events in, like, 2008 and nine when I had it. Okay. Just, like, local fun day shit. Yeah. Not, like, competing or anything. It was like, hey, we rented out this parking lot for a drift event. Come bring your car and have fun. And I was like, okay, cool. And I drove my car out there with no spare tires. And just, like, burnt all my tires off and then had to drive on bald-ass tires for two weeks until I could afford to buy new ones. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. That's those are the good old days. Uh, is that the car you kind of, like, learned how to do everything on? The GTO itself? Uh, like, it from a skill set standpoint? Yeah, like, making the like, angle kit, making the arms and stuff like that. Yeah, so that that car is, like was like my baby for developing my skills of being a fabricator. Uh, I was a mechanic before I got that car, but like not really too heavily into fabrication. So yeah, use that car as like development car to develop my skills as a fabricator and designing and engineering standpoint. Uh, I mean, I've done some other like cobbled together stuff before that, but I mean, that, that was definitely my learning car for, developing the skill sets that i have now yeah i don't i I tried being a mechanic for like two weeks i gave that shit up real quick couldn't do it Uh, i've been doing it for almost 15 years now i hate working on cars it's the only reason i do it is because i can't afford to pay somebody else and i'm too cheap to pay somebody else even if i can i think i took one time i i had somebody do my brakes it was like midas and they still fucked them up 
So I was just like, all right, I'll just do my own work then. But that yeah. was like 200 bucks. Now, I've been, I've been a mechanic, mechanic for quite a while now. Uh, I mean, if I was working on like regular cars, like doing ball joints on like a Buick something or like changing tie rods on a Nissan Sentra or some shit like that. Like changing I'd probably, a, changing a star I'd probably, want, North I'd probably star. want to kill myself. Yeah. yeah, like no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't last a week. Like a but, general maintenance know, mechanic. I'd yeah, do, yeah. I'm. Uh, I just do performance work now. So supercharger installs, headers, cams. Oh, okay. Uh, like fun a lot stuff. of a lot of fabrication work. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, fun stuff. Yeah, that yeah. Because yeah, so when I, it comes I, to like maintenance, I'm the worst. My truck hasn't had an oil yeah. change in probably like nine months, but it keeps leaking oil, so I just add to it, and I might pop in a new filter every now and again. So yeah, plus the shop I work at, uh, Vector Motorsports, they're they're very lenient on giving me like creative creative freedom on oh, a lot nice. of the projects that come in. That's so good. if it's like, hey, this guy wants X, Y, and Z done, I'll be like, okay, how about we do this, this, and this differently, and we like custom fabricate these parts to make it different. And then you know, so I I get a lot of you know creativity at my job too. So like building custom catch tanks or charge pipes custom exhaust systems for cars and stuff like that so i really enjoy doing that it lets you still be creative and you know you're not you know when you're doing something custom you're never doing the same thing twice yeah kind of keeps it fresh all the time and it's hard to get bored when you're doing stuff like that and then circle back circling back to what we were talking about earlier like listening to people telling you to do things the right way the wrong way or whatever um when you kind of listen to too many people it kind of shuts down that creativity side Right. To a certain extent. Yeah, you want to you want to close out and you don't want to take in like you know different ideas for trying things differently. Like the whole premise of my Mustang was like let's build this thing differently. Like yeah, I'm going to build it my way and do it a little bit different. It's actually and uh, you know even speaking of that of like taking in input from other people, one of the racing teams I used to work for Allegra Motorsports the crew chief tony actually told me one time and like this is advice i will take to my fucking grave i swear to god he said you've heard you've ever heard hear the saying practice makes perfect it's bullshit yeah practice doesn't make perfect practice makes permanent if you practice something the wrong way you'll permanently do it the wrong way the rest of your life so he's like just try and learn to do it the right way and then practice that yeah, I always try so to do something always different. Kinda, yeah, but I, I always kind of try and do something the right way. You know, learn the right way to do it if you're going to do it. Yeah. Um, we got no, another... no hack job shit. Oh, don't look at my car. Uh, <laughs> another question from Freak Productions. <laughs> Best memory created from drifting? Best memory? Streets of Detroit, hands down. What was that? My, my drift battle, my memory that I will never forget is me battling Dirk Stratton in his Corvette on the streets of Detroit in front of the tra- iconic train station. I will never forget that. Nice. You got pictures of that? Yeah, there's pictures and videos. We went one more time. Oh, okay. It was uh, a good battle. And then I got another one from Drift Geek. Why does his SR look so funny? Because it's got too many cylinders. <laughs> All right. Um, but 
<sighs> getting over all right i think i'm gonna call it here sir i got an early start tomorrow for work unfortunately sounds good uh thank you for coming on how can people reach you uh instagram shane whaley uh youtube shane whaley facebook shane whaley oh, okay. keep it simple right uh yep. how long have you been doing youtube uh i mean i've had a youtube channel for a lot of years i don't i'd only been doing videos for like two years maybe i kind of started doing youtube when i started building this car and just kind of like doing build videos and documenting the process of building the car so two three years now consistently i'd say yeah and then one more question before i let you go uh what is a because you, you kind of said i one of your videos about building the car overbuilding versus uh what the hell was the topic? It was overbuilding or not getting seat time or some shit like that. Oh, stop but, overbuilding drift cars? Yeah, 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 But yours was, like, completely opposite to actually yeah. build. So it's just because you see, the, you see the debate online all the time of, like, quit overbuilding your drift car. You don't need to overbuild a drift car. There's no point in overbuilding a drift car. Uh build a simple car and drive it and get seat time. But, you know, the whole point of, I was making in my video is that, like, hey, some people just like building cars and, like, building stuff for fun and doing things differently. And they enjoy it. So, like, if that's something you're, yeah, like, if that's something you're passionate about, just do it. Fuck what everybody else says. Overbuild your car. Have fun with it. I agree. Yeah, when I saw that, I was like, hmm, good point. Because it is... You know, you get the sense of satisfaction when you do something yourself and you learn something new. Um, yeah, obviously, the same goes for driving. For life. And, and then the same yeah. goes for driving when you get better at something, you know. Um, whether you... I mean, like, if you if you hate building cars and just want to drive, then, like, yeah, no, don't build a crazy-ass car. But if you enjoy Like, just it. go weld a diff in a 240 and have fun. Like, yeah, I get yeah. that, too. I'm yeah. all about that. But, like, if you have a vision and want to build something, don't let somebody saying, hey, don't overbuild your car keep you from doing that just do it anyways yep and then build a reliable car so you get maximum seat time exactly so it's hard to do with a thousand horsepower or it's it's hard to do with low budget <laughs> but that's true too but alrighty, man thank you again for coming on you have a good night sir all right i'll see you later you have all a good one you too bye later